I'm really excited about this month of October because we began a brand new series about relationships and we're calling it real relationships because there's a lot of fake people out there oh yeah I said it but a lot of us have a misconstrued idea about what relationships are to look like and we can have people growing up where all they know is yelling and fighting in a marriage and they think it's normal when they get in theirs but God's word said that that's not normal that's not a real relationship and so today we want, I want to unpack and I want to kind of lay the foundation and, and build the framework today for the remainder of this series over these next five weeks we're gonna we're gonna dive into this and we're gonna submerge ourselves into this process and I want to encourage you to not miss a single week we all need help in our relationships it's and I will tell you in the history of our church anytime we do a relationship talk it's always the greatest one we hear that had the greatest result so I've been we've been building up for this for weeks and weeks and weeks so I want to encourage you to lean in I want to encourage you to take some notes I want to encourage you to take it all in And we're going to talk about some real things. And I want to encourage you, if you've got kids that are not in kids ministry yet, you're going to want to take them to kids ministry during this series. Because we're going to talk about some real stuff. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to talk about some real stuff. We're going to talk about all the aspects of relationships because there's relationships of all kinds. All different avenues of relationships. We're going to talk about them all. And and we're really going to talk about the majority of married things at our EXO night coming up in this few weeks in October. So get registered for that. EXO night is for married couples only. Uh, Only. And you can try to peek your head in. You're going to get kicked out if you're not married. So get registered for that and we're going to lean into that. But I want to turn our attention to Psalms chapter 119. And if you're not already standing, would you stand in honor of God's word today as we read it? Psalms 119. Today I want to talk about something that's crucial for our lives. It's it's foundational. And David is expressing this in Psalms 119. We're going to read in verse 1 through 16 today. It says this, blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Somebody say fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that have come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one who rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts 
and I consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Somebody say amen to that. I want to preach to you from the title today, Exposing Your BS, Belief System. Exposing your BS, and maybe that too. We're going to see what God's going to shed some light on today. Father, we thank you for your presence in this room. God, as we crack open your word, the Holy Bible, as we dive into your law and your principles and your precepts and your statutes and your commands that you have for our life, the principles that you set for us as the foundation of our life, I pray today, God, that you would begin to just get rid of all the junk that's in our lives that's not of you. Your word says that your word is sharper than any double-edged sword and that we pray today that it would cut through every ideology, every false theology, every idea, every opinion, every perspective, every mindset that is not yours. Cut us to the core and expose and reveal the belief system that you set for us to have. So Lord, we lean into your presence. We say, have your will and have your way. We don't want to leave here the same way we came in. Touch us from the inside out. Let us be transformed and renewed in our mind, our hearts, and our soul. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone shout a big amen. Amen. Give someone a hug before you take a seat today. had a time in your life where you got into your car and maybe you've had this car for quite some time and you've been driving it for several years and you, you think you know how to use the car, you know everything that's in it, but there comes a point where maybe a friend gets in the car and you begin to drive and begin to go on your way, but all of a sudden your friend begins to show you something about your car that you had no idea that existed. And now your life has been made so much easier. You're like, I didn't know there was a cup holder there. I didn't know if I pushed that button, the car parallel parks itself. The dealership didn't tell me that. I didn't know that if I pushed this button, it was like ejecto cedo, like, you know, all fast and furious. I didn't know. I didn't know. But you come to find that they had read the manual so they understand some operations about the car that existed that maybe you didn't know. I remember a while back in, in, in getting one of my sons a, a toy 
Um, we, we were in this transformer phase where everything was transformers and cars and turning into robots and, and you know, we would watch Transformers, the cartoon, and do all this stuff. And I remember this one time, my, my middle son, Malachi, we had got him this Transformer toy for Christmas. And as you all know, as any man, I don't need instructions. I'm a man. I can do it myself. I've done this before. I know how toys work. You twist and turn and pull and push and they get to maneuver in the way that they're supposed to go. But there was this instance where I was with my son and we were trying to figure out this stupid toy. I, I couldn't for the life of me. I spent time, countless amounts of time trying to convert this car into a robot. And I looked and I twisted and I bent and I almost broke. This dang toy that I thought I knew how to operate. And it wasn't until there was this little sheet of paper that came in the box that said the word on the top, instructions. And it wasn't until I grabbed the instructions and found step 78B on how to operate this toy that if I were to turn this piece and push it in, all of a sudden the car became a robot. I sat there with my son for, for like what seemed as over an hour looking like a fool. Like, I can figure this out. He's like, Daddy, it's taking a long time. <laughs> this is how this works. It, it takes a while. This is why you should never try to transform it again. <laughs> but I sat there and I wasted so much time trying to figure this out. And I began to thinking about this this week that the truth is, many of us do this very same thing when it comes to our relationships. We think we know best because of our experiences and from what other people tell us that we often find ourselves struggling and unfulfilled in our relationships. That we will spend our entire life wondering through this whole journey of trying to find companionship and friendship and love and validation because we don't know what the manual, God's word, says about relationships. So therefore, we will go from heartbreak to heartbreak, frustration to frustration, disappointment to disappointment. And if we were honest, I would say that many of us are struggling in our relationships right now. And if we really begin to think about it, we probably really don't know what God's word says about relationships. Now, as we observe this text today and we see where where David is trying to show us, he is instructing us that the principle, the laws, the decrees, the precepts, the commands, the statutes of God are what will sustain you in life. I want you to write this down. God's laws does, don't strip your life, it sustains it. God's law doesn't strip your life, it sustains it. He is the one who has given us the parameters in which our lives are to be lived because He is the one who designed it to begin with. It's, it's one thing for someone to tell you how to do something. 
That's one thing. When someone comes, like, hey, I've been here before. Let me tell you about it. I'm going to tell you from my experience. You need to do this. You need to do, you need to do that. But it's another thing when you follow the instructions of the one who created it. There is a different outcome. There is a different end game when you follow the manual that was written for it. So today I want us to break down a few things and I want us to talk about this because this is essential in order for you to succeed, in order for you to flourish in your relationships, there are a few things we have to, we're going to have to come to understand. And let me just say this, it doesn't matter whether you were 8 or 80, we all need help in our relationships because people are crazy and people are stupid. And people do dumb things. And people are greedy. And people are narcissistic. Some of you are like, you're talking about someone sitting next to me right now. And we're just going to look, for, just look forward. I'm going to say what's in your mind. But now to better understand what this concept is, we must first understand what this word principle means. You see, the word Principle originates from the Latin word principium. It means the, the definition of principium means the beginning or foundation. And it is derived from the first part of that word that is the word called prince, which means first. So as we begin to understand this, the translation is that God's principles were set as the foundation of truth at the beginning of time to be the first laws that are established so we could experience true fulfillment in life. That's what God's principles are. God's principles are not suggestions. They are not opinions. They are not just a concept or an idea. They are foundational truths set by the creator of the universe at the very beginning of time. He is the creator of heaven and earth and everything in between. Here's something else I want you to write down. The more principles you learn from the word of God, the less you have to pray about what to do. And we got people out here all crazy. Praying about all these things when God's already said it. I'm just going to take a drink on that. Too many times we are stressing. We are overwhelmed. We are overstimulated. We, we, are, we are so out of sorts over making decisions about something that God already gave us an answer to. Like we're trying to make a decision on whether or not this relationship is good for us. Like, is this relationship good for me? Am I supposed to be in this relationship? But let me just tell you this. If that relationship is not helping you, then there's nothing to pray about. Break up. Move on. So you're like, well, where is the scripture in that, pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. Why don't you turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 4? We're going to go to God's word about this. Two are better than one. For they can what? Is it there? Do y'all know English language? <laughs> Two are better than one, for they can help. Hmm. They can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and 
help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. So if at the end of the day, that relationship is not helping you, then it's hurting you. And therefore, you may be fighting for a relationship that is not based out of God's word. And in the process, you are now paying for something that you were never meant to pay for in that relationship. So it means that you're not living by the principles that were given to you by God. That relationship, it's time to move on. And I wonder how many of us are paying for things that God already gave us an answer to. Like we are over here beating our heads into the ground, stressed, overwhelmed, full of anxiety and, and heartache and disappointment and brokenness over stupid things that then we're paying for it and when God's already given us the answer and we're crying out to God God help help me and he's like I did it's right there you just don't pick it up you just do this hmm what is so-and-so doing and you don't do God what are you doing This is why it's funny for me when I talk to people and I begin to ask some questions and I love to hear their response to these. And I'll be talking to somebody and they'll be talking about some of the things that they're going through or, or, or what they're facing or the, the chaos or stress in their life. And, and I typically will ask these questions. So if you come to me, I'm going to ask you like one of three questions. Like this is pretty much how it's going to go. The first thing I'm going to say is this. Have you joined a small group? I just did this. Like literally had a conversation in the last... 10 days. I said, have you joined a small group yet? They're like, ah, I need to pray about it. <laughs> well, have you started serving on like a team yet? Have you joined one of the teams at church to, to volunteer so you can discover your purpose, you can better use your gift, you can make a difference in people's lives? Like, have you done that? Well, ah, you know, I need to pray about it. Well, like I'm struggling, you know, my finances and I can't seem to get it in order. I'm just, I keep got like holes in my pocket. Well, let me ask you a question. Have you put God first in your finances? Ha! I need to pray about it. You don't need to pray about something that God said. Like there's nothing to pray about. God said very clearly that we are to build his church. We are to make disciples of all nations. We are to offer our lives as a living sacrifice that the church is the bride of Christ and it is our responsibility to take care of it and it's our responsibility to bring our tithe into the storehouse which is our place of worship. Well, Pastor, I thought this was supposed to be about relationships. I am talking about relationships. This is about the relationship with God in your church. And many of us are paying so much time we're paying in so much energy and so much hurt and so much frustration in your life because you're paying for something that you don't even know the principles of. God's laws, his decrees, his statutes, his commands, his precepts, his principles are what are to help us experience life in its fullest. They were set to give us life. But until we value them, until we value God's principles in our life, we will continue to find ourselves struggling in every single fathom, fathomable part, that's a word, fathomable part in every relationship, every one of them. And here's what I've learned. God's principles simplify your life. I want you to write that down. God's principles simplify your life. If the response, 
I'm going to say this quiet. If the response to your relationship is, it's complicated, <laughs> then let me tell you something. It's probably not found, not probably, it is not found on God's principles. If, if, if you have to talk to somebody and somebody says, well, tell me about it, you're like, ah, it's complicated. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Y'all just talked to that person yesterday. <laughs> then it's not found. It's not founded on God's principles and what he said. Because when you follow and you obey the principles of God, that, that you will begin to set in motion your relationships to be in the correct order and the way that they're supposed to be. When you follow his commands, you will set that in motion. And it's, it will be hard for your relationships to remain complicated when you're living by God's word and his principles. It will be hard. I know this because the same law applies to when we're driving a car. If we didn't have laws and, and a road system for the way that we are to drive our car, there would be a lot more confusion. It would be a lot harder for us to get to church and get to work and do all this stuff and go where we're trying to go and get the groceries and get the kids and we're just burning up all the street. It would be hard for us to get to where we're going. But there are parameters that have been set to keep us in line. We would have people driving at different speeds. We would have people driving on different sides of the road. We would have people driving backwards because they don't even know how to drive a car. They'd be like, hold up. Everybody hold on. We would be in utter chaos. There would be total confusion. And when there is confusion, it will guaranteed lead to chaos and destruction. But because there are laws and there are principles that have been set in place, it actually gives us simple instructions in order for us to accomplish how to get from point A to point B. The laws of the road were meant to simplify for us to get from one destination and the ability to do it successfully to the other. And when you follow God's principles, they not only simplify your life, but the second thing is God's principles protect your life. They will protect your life. Did you know that when you violate one of God's principles, you actually also violate yourself? For instance, when you violate the speed limit, the law, and you get pulled over, you're going to have to pay a ticket. And you're taking from yourself, not the police officer. Because you got to pay the ticket. Not them. Not anybody else. Some of you are like, I got some tickets I still need to pay for. Go pay your tickets this week. <laughs> but this is what happens when we violate the principles of God. Let me, let me explain this in the relationship realm. Are you ready? When we have sex outside of marriage, you violate yourself. Because God's principle says that you are to sustain yourself and remain in purity before the day of your wedding night. So if we have sex outside of marriage, we don't just violate the principle, but we also violate ourselves. And now what's happened is you've developed a soul tie and an attachment to somebody that was never supposed to experience all of you. They were never supposed to see that full level of vulnerability. 
So now when you violate this principle for the rest of your life, every time you see that person or they walk into a room, you will forever remember the violation of God's principle. And God is telling us, do not violate my principles. Because when you violate his principles, no matter how good it feels in the moment, you're violating yourself and every decision thereafter. Let's review David's instruction again in Psalm 119. Verse 1, blessed are those, and I want you to highlight some stuff. If you have your physical Bible, I want you to highlight these words when I say it. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the laws. Highlight that, underline that, of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his, highlight that, and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down that are to be fully obeyed. Not like obeyed until it's inconvenient. Not like obeyed until it don't feel very good to obey it. Not like obey it until somebody else comes up with a better idea. Oh, that can preach for like 18 hours. There is a, let me just say this, there is a certain level of life that you can live when you fully obey the instructions of the one who created it. There is a certain level that you, that you have yet to tap into until you fully obey the principles. We don't, we don't fully obey God's law when we don't do that. We get into this repetitive dance with the enemy where you cross lines and you keep coming back. And, and, you, and you cross lines and you keep coming back. No, I can't dance, but we're going to try this. You go cross lines and you keep coming back. And you cross lines, and you keep coming back. And I could do the sea walk. That is old school. Anyway, some of y'all, y'all Gen Z, y'all know nothing about that. I'm from Beehive, you know. I was raised in Beehive town. All right. I don't know where I was going with that, but Lord, it's my ADD kicking in. You see, it's, it's important, though, that we understand that when, when we recognize things like marriage was made by God, not government, some of you are like, oh, that's new. No, marriage was set by God. The government had nothing to do with it. That little certificate you get from them means nothing. So you can go down to the courthouse and that's great, but until you stand before God and lay down a covenant, you actually don't sign a covenant, you cut one. It, it, you cut your heart with it. We're going to talk more about that at the marriage night. I'm not going to dive in too much into that. So you've got to sign up and come to that. But marriage... It was made by God, not government. And he established the law. And he established the principles that it was supposed to be guarded by. The way that it was supposed to be lived by. And he, he gives us instructions on the way that things are supposed to be. He gives us instructions on the way that we are to parent. He gives us the instructions on the way that we are to do business and be successful. There are principles for every aspect of life. And I want you to know this today because we have an enemy who is out to steal kill and destroy your life he is on the prowl waiting for you at any moment standing at the door scripture says trying to bring you down and cause confusion and cause division against the first truths that have been set since the beginning of time you can go all the way to the garden and he asked the question did God really say did he really say that you can't eat of this fruit we serve a God that is the God of the author, or no, we, we, the, the enemy, sorry, the enemy is the author of lies. 
Like he is the, the owner of it and he is the author of it. And he is trying to deceive us and tell us what our relationships are supposed to look like. He is trying to instruct us on the ways that if we'll follow his plans, let me tell you, you follow what the enemy says, you are guaranteed destruction. You are guaranteed heartache. You are guaranteed disappointment. And you are guaranteed unfulfillment every single time. Every time. There will be a void. There will be hopelessness. There will be, there will be restlessness. And let me say this. Anything that is not God's principle is just an opinion. Just look at your neighbor for a second. Y'all know it's coming at some point in the sermon. Look at your neighbor for a second. Look them in the eye. Try to find out their eye color. This is a new person. Hopefully you moved a seat since last week. Somebody like, no, this is my seat. No, it's not. Y'all try to tell the ushers, no, that's where I sit. No, you don't. You're going to sit over here today and try something new. But look, look at them in the eye. Look at them in the eye. Don't look at me. I'm not looking at you, so don't look at me. Look them in the eye, and I want you to tell them. It's just your opinion. Now turn to your second best choice. The person who was not as good to go as the first per person you tried to talk to. And look at them. And say, it's just your opinion. Y'all were in an argument this morning. And you were just trying to tell them right now. It's just your opinion on how we should budget. If it is not God's principle... It is just an opinion. And yet many times we choose to live our lives based on opinions rather than principles. And, and I know you think that you've learned a lot about relationships and advice from the Kardashians and The Bachelor. I know. You think, I know how to do this. I got this. No, you don't got this. You're like, I, I, think, I know you think you know, but if, you, if it was not established by God and his law, it's just an opinion. God spoke the word at the beginning. Furthermore, he was already in a relationship. You had God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We don't even have time to break down the Holy Trinity and how God is in already in a relationship when he said, let us make man in our image, already in relationship. We don't even have time to break that whole thing down. But God is the one who wrote the blueprint on relationships. If I were to come to a builder and not have a blueprint, they'd be like, what do you want to do? Like, let me just show you this picture and build it. But all they see is the outside. They would not know how to frame the inside of the house. They would not know how to put together the, the, the foundation and the structures and the things that can hold up what's on the outside. Your outside can look really good, but if you don't have the right thing on the inside, it will crumble every single time. There will be no strength. There will be no support. And until we understand the principles of God, knowing that his principles are not opinions, we will allow pop culture, we will allow people's blogs, we will allow even family members and whoever else on social media that tries to be even a social media pastor or they got an opinion because they thought they knew what they were talking about. Until we learn God's principles, we will continue to aim at the wrong things. It'd be like going deer hunting with a blindfold on, hoping to hit the target. Some of y'all don't even need a blindfold. I have a staff member that don't even need a blindfold. <laughs> I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing with you. I love you. I love you. He went deer hunting yesterday, so I had it popped in my mind. He didn't hit it, though. It was there, but he didn't hit it. And he didn't shoot either. It's part of the story. Yeah, that's what they all say. 
See, what happened was, mm -hmm, they caught your drift and they ran. And that's what unbelievers should do. Woo! They should catch the drift of the Holy Spirit on you and be like, you know what, I'm going to step back for a minute because something is on you. And I'm either, either going to lean in or I'm going to step back. That way the enemy will run. You see, when you allow people's opinions on a principle that God has given to define how your relationships are, you will find yourself hurting people. You will find yourself going to pornography for validation. You will find yourself going to sex before and outside of marriage for validation. You will find yourself just getting to a point that if you think that if I could just repent, that maybe it would somehow change your actions. But the reality is that it may just put you actually in a better state of feeling and emotion to probably do it again. If I could just repent, I messed up. If I could just ask God for forgiveness, it, no problem. Yes, you need to do that. But until you get accountability, because there is a scripture that says that we confess our sins to God so we can be forgiven. But then the latter part says that we must confess our sins to one another so we can find healing. So God forgives and people help us heal. So I can confess my sin to God, but go right back to doing the same thing again because now I feel better. And I'm in a better state of mind. Oh, God, I'm in right standing with you. And then go right back and sin against him again. And until you've got somebody in your life who can look at you square in the eye and say, what the heck do you think you're doing? Where have you lost your mind? Where were you last night? You, you told your wife you were with me. You weren't with me. Where were you? Oh, yeah, because here's the thing. Some of you are sliding. Oh, we're going to preach today. Some of you are sliding into people's DMs and you have a wife. Or you got a spouse. Mm, Lord Jesus. And, and, and you're looking for validation in somebody that's not meant to give it to you. And we got people who are getting divorced two and three times over. We got people who are, who are looking for something else and they're going from business partner to business partner. They're going from relationship to relationship and friendship to friendship. And they're, they're like, well, they're all out to get me and they, none of them go for me. And maybe we should stop looking at them. And maybe they're not the problem. Maybe it's you. Maybe you're the one. Maybe you're the one who needs to get God's principles in your soul. Maybe you're the one who needs to, to, to rely on God's word to help come out of your mouth rather than your opinion. Because we don't need it on social media. It don't help nobody. And this is why our world is in utter chaos and destruction and we've gotten away from the very principles that our world was founded on from creation. And I think it's pretty interesting to me that you can go read right now Genesis 1.1 and it says, In the beginning, Nathan. No, it doesn't. In the beginning, insert your name. No, it don't. I think it's very interesting the fact that it says, in the beginning, God. It ain't you. Your name's not there. My name's not there. Your daddy's name's not there. Your uncle and your auntie's name's not there. Your friend's name's not there that they think they know, and they got like a PhD on relationships, and they ain't got a PhD on nothing. And so we wonder today why the divorce rate is so high. And we wonder why there's so much fatherlessness. And we wonder why we have a skin issue. There's really not a skin issue. It's a sin issue. That's what this all comes down to. Is Every, every aspect of our lives that is in chaos is the enemy trying to, to bring in sin into our life. And we ain't got these other issues. We actually just have a sin issue. And we need to come to a place of repentance. 
And we wonder why people are so confused about their identity and about their gender. And it's because the godly principles that, that God knew we needed from the beginning of time, we have, we, we have started to strip them away back to whatever makes me feel good, whatever is my opinion, or whatever somebody else says. And we, we just do what we feel is right. We do what our opinion is. When, we, when we've lost sight of what this says. And there's now come to a place in our world where there, there seems to be no absolutes anymore. It's whatever the government says. It's whatever somebody on social media said. It's whatever someone with an opinion has said. And even though every day we live our life and we see the destruction, so many of us are still choosing to live by someone else's opinion rather than God's principle who knit them together from the beginning of time. What does God's word say? That should be your automatic response to any trial. That should be your automatic response to any issue that arises. That should be a, your automatic response to any disagreement. It's like, well, I think, no, 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 I don't care what you think. What does God's word say? I don't care what the government says. I don't care what the news channel says. I don't care what that person on social media says. I don't care to the person walking down the street telling me I'm wrong. What does God's word say? What does God's word say? Because if I live by that, then I can guarantee fulfillment in life. And I will truly experience joy and freedom like I've never thought was existed. And I truly believe that if you will lean in these next several weeks as we continue to dive into this whole thing about God's principles and, and as we, 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 we allow God to expose and you allow God to teach you because there's something that God wants to do in you. And I believe that there can be a shift in your life if you'll lean into his word over these next several weeks as we dive into this. Because if, if you don't allow God to set the principles for your relationships and, and let your opinion die and submit to the one who created it in the first place, then you will always end up without the result that you're actually looking for. You will, you will be shooting in the dark for something that's over there and you're shooting over here because you have no idea where you're at. This is why principle means first. When you have a king and a queen, they have a son or a daughter, they have a, they have a prince or a princess, which means they are to become the first in line. And something you need to know is this. Satan is called darkness. He is darkness. And in the Hebrew, that word darkness means ignorance. So let's break this down. He, he is the first one to rule by ignorance. So translation is basically that Satan's name is the prince of ignorance. That means the area of your life where you are the most ignorant, Satan has the most rulership over it. This is why you can get it right in your business, but not in your marriage. Because you haven't learned anything. You haven't gone back to the principles of God. You're, you're in the dark about relationships, and it's been the enemy's plan the entire time 
and it's coming after you and it's coming after your, your general, next generation and your kids and your kids' kids. He's coming after you. And there is so much junk right now in all of our relationships all around them and we're keeping them in the dark. We've got so much things that are happening and we try to keep them in the dark because we don't want anybody to know. We don't want anybody to know and look in on this when we have the enemy who's able to win in the dark because we're ignorant to God's principles. That's why we have to learn and we have to study the principles of relationships from God's word. Now this principle of ignorance what it allows the enemy to do is to get us a, get a foothold on us where we don't have any knowledge about our relationships, about our businesses, about parenting. And I want to declare today that by the spirit of faith, somebody through the word of God is going to get some knowledge about relationships. And you know, that word knowledge, let's talk about that for a minute. That word knowledge in the Hebrew means light. Hmm. Satan and ignorance means darkness and how knowledge means light so whenever knowledge comes in lights come on wherever something is dark that means we don't understand the principle but wherever light is darkness cannot stay this is why John says in John chapter 8 where Jesus was speaking to the people it says once more and Jesus said I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So God is the knowledge that we need. And that if we follow him, you won't have to walk in darkness. You won't have to walk in ignorance. You can walk in knowledge that, that is the light that leads to life. And I want to tell you this today. God wants you to win at relationships. He wants you to win. He wants you to be successful in your business. He wants you to be successful in your marriage. He wants you to, to win in every aspect of your life. But we cannot have God's best in the dark. We can't. Every secret, every lie, every, every deception, you need to bring them out. It's time to expose your BS today. And God's saying to you that what's been done in the dark has to come to light. And I love what Matthew says about this. In Matthew chapter 5, 14, talking about light, it says, Now Jesus is saying, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and places it under a basket. Instead, the lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. God wants us to be so aware of his principles. That way, when we walk into a room, we will immediately notice the counterfeit. You know, bankers... When, 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 when you become a bank teller, any, any bank tellers in the room? Bank tellers, you work at a bank or you've worked at a bank, anybody? Okay, we got a few of them. When they teach you how to handle money, they don't give you counterfeits to know what's real and what's counterfeit. They give you the real so much. That way when something slips through your fingers, you're like, ho, 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 ho. No, no, that's not real. Because I know what's real. Can I tell you God's word is meant to be so in you that when the enemy tries to come in and say, did God really say? You can say, yes, he did. And you will recognize a counterfeit at any, any smell, at any blink, at any touch. You're like, no, 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 no. Let me back up. Let me back up. That's not God. 
that relationship's not of God. I know she looks good, but she's hot. Don't touch her. Don't, mm-mm. It's not good. It's like telling my child, don't touch the, 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 the frying pan. Don't touch it. It's hot. And he's like, ow! Told you. And God is probably telling some of you today, it's hot. Don't touch it. It's not for you. It will harm you. Well, it looks good. I don't care what it looks like. It doesn't matter. We need to be able to recognize the counterfeit. And we can walk into a room and say, the light is here. You can't fool me with that devil. I got something I want to show you today. Can I get my, my first prop, please? Tell me y'all been wondering this whole sermon. What is this whole thing for? All the ADD people hadn't heard a word I said. They've just been looking at this glass face. Thank you. So our life is like this cylinder. This is our life. From the beginning of time. And, and so what begins to happen in life is we begin to start to fill it with our opinions, our experiences, our, our, our perspectives, our, our beliefs, our ideologies, our hurt, our pain, our brokenness. And, and, and well, 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 that person said, and so we start to fill our lives with things that we think we know what's best. And we, we, we start to go through, through life just looking at other people and looking at what they're doing instead of, instead of really understanding what it's all about. It's like, well, 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 but I, but I tried that. No, you didn't. You're just going to keep trying your opinion. And we fill our life with all of our beliefs, all of our ideas, all of the things that we think we know is best and we know is right. And what the Kardashian said and the Bachelorette said. And what my, my, my friend told me, though, that if I just do this, my marriage would be better. Well, 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 I was on the Internet and, you know, everything on the Internet is, is, is true. I went to Wikipedia to figure out what that scripture said. And we start basing our life on. On other people's opinions. But this is what happens when we, let me have another one. When we start to get in our life, you see, this is God's word. This is his truth. Now, as we look at this, it looks full. It's filled. Like we, like we got, we, we filled it up. Our life is full and, and man, it, we may be struggling a little bit, but our life is full. We were busy. We got all these things going on, but, but we really don't have God's word in us like we thought we did. And it looks full. It gives the illusion that our life is full. It's like, well, my life is busy. I look successful. I, I, I posted it just right. I did all the right filters in my life. I got it to look good. But what happens is when you actually start to allow God's truth, his principles, his statutes, his commands, his precepts, his laws to fill you, what begins to happen is as it, oh, oh, do you? Some of us, we just go, oh, that felt good. God, I got, I got enough of you. That's good. But I'm going to keep. I'm gonna, I want to keep all this, though, because I'm comfortable with it. It, it. it feels right to me. And God's like, no, no, no. The more you continue to get your life in line with my words, as my truth begins to fill your life, I will begin to get rid of everything that is not supposed to be yours. And I will allow God's truth to get rid of all the junk that's in your life. That way, when God comes in, he can say, enough of this. And you can be filled with his Holy Spirit and you can be filled with his presence and you can be filled with his principles and it will, it will purify you.
But the problem is a lot of us don't want to go in what it takes to do the work. But when we allow God to pour into us his truth, his precepts, his commands, and we, we own them for us, it will begin to change our life in ways we've never experienced before. And so when the enemy tries to lie to us again and he tries to put something in our life and he's like, let me insert this. It, it can't. The enemy's lies will not take root. Doesn't matter what I do. Doesn't matter how much. No, no. And God's blessings are spilling over every time the enemy tries to come in because we're like, oh, no, that's of God. The enemy can't do what he wants to do. And therefore, he will finally get to a place where he's like, well, they're living for God. I don't know much more I can do with them. No, no, no. They know what the counterfeit is. They know. They know that God's blessings and God's principles and God's law. They know if they keep feeling that, all my junk's going to come out. They know that. They know. So I better leave them alone. And I'll try to come back. And that's the thing that I think gets us. A lot of times when we feel like the enemy's left us, he does it just long enough for us to forget so we can start to try to pour out this. And like, well, you know, I got a little bit hurt. Oh, it's just kind of setting on the top. Oh, you know, I, like, well, I thought God's word said. And we try to start entering it. And then the enemy and us try to like, well, you know, God, I, I believed what you said then, but I've been hurt. And now we start to get rid of God's truth. And we start to get our own perspective in life. And we start to get, again, go back to our own perception of like, well, this is what marriage should look like. And this, it's, it's okay that I look at porn and, and, and still be married. Or not. It, it's okay. Oh, well, hold on, hold on. The enemy still, he's like, you know what? That thing, you know, that, that, that job you've got. There's, there's some things that, you know, you should just do. And you don't need to tell anybody. You don't need to tell anybody that you're just taking money on the company credit card. No, it's okay, it's okay. You've worked too hard for this. You know what, just start quiet quitting. Just, just, just don't do anything. Don't try to grow anything. And we start to allow, and then God's truth is like, I can't stay if you don't, I, I won't stay where I'm not allowed. And we just keep trying to add, and the next thing you know, it's like, oh, well, I got enough, God. God's like, no, 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 I don't, you can't just have some of me. You need all of me. Because... There's areas where we need to expose the enemy. There's areas where we need to expose where you've allowed the enemy to come in and take over. And now it's time to shed some light on the things that are from him and that are not of God. You see, we serve a God who loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. In, our, in the midst of our junk, in the midst of our, our, our confusion, in the midst of our own ideologies and our own belief systems and, 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 and all of our sin and all the wrong that we did, God was like, you know what? I love them enough and I'm going to love people even though they may never say I love you back. And I'm going to sacrifice my own son. I'm going to become, allow my son to become our own creation. And I'm going to come into the world and I'm going to show them the way. I'm going to show them that Jesus is the way to the Father. 
Jesus desired, God desired, our Father desires, and He yearns, and He is jealous for a relationship with you. That the Bible says that He is a jealous God, meaning He says, there are to be no other gods before me. You can't serve anybody else. You can't serve money and God. You serve God. You can't serve sex and serve God. You serve God. God's like, I will give you money. I built sex, but I built it for a certain purpose. I built it for a certain way. But we live in a world today where we are run by money and we're run by sex. And both of them sometimes go together. And we wonder why our life is in chaos. It's because we're living off of our opinion. And we're not living off God's truth. And Jesus came to show them that I am the way, the truth and the life that no one will get to the father except through me what that means is that one day when you breathe your last breath on this earth and you go to the what's going to be next for you there is a choice that you make right now to determine whether it is going to be an eternity with heaven and with god or the alternative which is a place called hell a place where there is gnashing of teeth a lake of fire and you'll spend time with the enemy there and I believe today that there are some of you in this room. There's even some of you watching from the other side of a screen. And maybe, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've allowed the world to come in and you serve this universal God where it's like, well, it's just whatever, whatever feels right is God. No, that's not true because a lot of times what doesn't feel right to you is what's right to God. Because our human nature desires sin. Our human nature desires fault. That's why we needed a Savior. And that's why God sent Jesus. Because we desired wrong. Like we were born into this life a sinner. You don't teach a child how to sin. You teach them how to be right. Why? Because we have a sin nature. You don't put them in disobedient school. You put them in obedience school so they can learn. No, this is right. We don't talk this way to our elders. We say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. We don't say, huh? What? Yeah. It don't matter what conversation we're in. This is, now this is maybe for some parents. I think some of us need to go back to what some of you would classify as old school when really it's now school. And we need to teach our kids respect for authority, respect for elders, respect for people in our life, respect for you. Because when you don't teach them respect, you're violating yourself. Because one day they're not going to respect you when they're older. I told my kids this the other day. I'm not your friend. I'm your parent. There will come a point... Let me tell you this, this woman, my wife, who June 5th, 2009 is when we got married. So this coming June will be 15 years that I've been married to, wow, praise the Jesus. I said, she comes first because you're going to turn 18 one day or whatever age you decide to move out and you're going to leave and I'm going to still be with her. She's still going to be here. So she comes first. Well, dad, are you going to come? Nope. I'm going to show up for her. And if I've got time, I'll also show up with you. Doesn't mean I don't love you, but I'm going to show up for her. Why? Because she is my priority. And out of my love for her came you. 
which means my love has grown, but you're going to learn. You will say yes, ma'am, to her because that's my wife. It may be your mother. That's my wife. And some of us, we're, we're, we've lost in our, in our world. We've lost what it means to honor a God of authority because we don't want no one telling us what to do. When God is like, I'm trying to show you that I, I created this thing you're in and I've, I've, I like put all this stuff together. Like I even knit you together in your mother's womb. Like, like before a day of your first breath, I already had plans for you and plans that will prosper you, plans that will allow you to live a life of fulfillment. Like, like I put it all together. I ordained your steps. You just got to follow the rules. You got to follow the commands. And they're not meant to strip life away. They're meant to sustain you when hard times do come because they're going to come. And I want to give you life life to the full I want to give you this extraordinary life a life of fulfillment, a life of hope a life a life of peace, a life of joy a life of purpose Jesus said I've come that you may have life and that life more abundantly, not just a life that's good enough but a life of more and so I want everyone across this room I want you to stand with me for just a moment and I believe that there's some of you in this room today that you, you've not yet given your life over to the authority of Jesus. You, you've yet to hand your life over to a God who loves you, who saved you, who's for you, who came and bled and died for you and then three days later defeated death, hell, and the grave and came out of that tomb coming out with full, full authority and full reverence. Did that so that way you could live life to the full. Did that so you wouldn't have to walk in shame and guilt. You wouldn't have to walk in condemnation. That you can walk in the grace and the love and the hope and the peace and the joy of God. And that if you'll receive his salvation today, God said, I can begin a work in your life. That I'll build you up to a place that you never thought was possible. With every eye closed for a moment. If that's you today and you say, I need Jesus. Maybe the first time you're hearing about a Savior who came, who bled and died for you, who performed miracles on this earth to show that He has the power to forgive sins and the authority to do miracles. You say, I need Jesus. If He came, then I may have life. My life is not great right now. I want the life that He has. I've tried it with other people's opinions, and it's not working. I thought it was good, but if He's got a life that I can, that's beyond my imagination I want that and maybe this is for you the first time that you've ever made this decision or maybe you've come back and you, you, you've, you've come back to church and you've come back and you're like you know I'm really not living for God like I should have and I've come today because I'm trying to give God one more chance to just show me again who he is and God is standing before you today saying I am real and I am for you and my ways are meant to help your life to flourish and maybe you need to come back to the Father today with open arms and rededicate your life. I believe there's two groups of people in, the, in this room, and that's the ones that need to accept Him for the first time, and two, the people that need to rededicate their life. To say, God, I'm sorry. I've walked away, and it's been a long time, and I need to come back to the Father. With open arms, He will embrace you. And I believe that today, 
can be a day of new beginnings. I believe today can be a day where Jesus can begin the work to make all things new in your life. That today you can begin to walk out of here with shame left at this altar, with brokenness left at this altar, and you can walk out of here a new person, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I want us to do something. If that's you, and you say, I need Jesus in my life. I want to make him Lord and leader. I need Jesus as Savior. I want you to do something for me. I'm going to count down from three. And when I count down from three, I want you to let the enemy know that no longer are you going to be in control of my life. No longer am I going to go off of your ways. No longer am I going to live by the opinions of those people. I'm going to follow God's word. And I want you today as a step of faith. If you say, I want to know Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want you to take an action step faith today. Letting the devil know you have no authority over my life. I am no longer living for you. And if that's you today, I want you to get out of your seat. I want you to come down to this altar and say, I need Jesus. I want to surrender my life. I want to be able to welcome you to the family of God. So when I count down from three, take that step of faith. Get out of your seat. Ready? Three, two, one. Say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Come on. Come on, church. Let's make some noise for these people. I want Jesus in my life. I'm going to follow his ways. I'm going to let the enemy know that no longer he has authority on my life. Come on. Look at him coming. Look at him coming. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Jesus wants to bring new life. New life. Just come right here to the front. Come right here to the front. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church. Let's give it up. Let's give it up. Awesome. Stay right here. Stay right here. Hey. Welcome to the family of God. Hey. Good to see you. Hey. Welcome to the family. Come on, church. Let's give it up for this amazing. Okay, here's what I want to do. I want us to pray this prayer. I want everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads for just a moment. The Bible talks about that if we will confess our sins, if we will acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and that, that God raised Christ from the dead, that if I confess it with my mouth and I believe in my heart, it says that I will be saved. The Bible also says that if we are to call upon the name of the Lord, we shall be saved. So today, what we're going to do right now in this moment, and maybe, maybe you didn't come down, but you want to pray this prayer. I want us to pray this all together. We're going to pray this prayer of faith, a prayer, a prayer of salvation. Where we're going to confess our sins to Jesus, and we're going to allow him to come into our life. Let's say this out loud where our ears can hear us. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me live a new life in you. God, I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. Today I ask that you forgive me of all my sin. Help me live a new life in you. Today, I accept you as Lord of my life, as Savior of my life. Help me to walk with you and trust you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name.